Word nerds, that's you. I'm talking to you. I wonder how you're doing. Should we get to the words? All right, let's do it. We have more American words, as promised. First word for today is Americanize. A-M-E-R-I-C-A-N-I-Z-E. And, of course, uh, which I did not mention before, all of these start with a capital A. This is a verb from 1797. One, to cause to acquire or conform to American characteristics. Two, to bring, as an area, under the political, cultural, or commercial influence of the U.S., That was the transitive definitions. Here we have the intransitive definition. To acquire or conform to American traits. Next we have American Pit Bull Terrier. This is a noun from 1950. Any of a breed of dogs developed to combine the traits of terriers and bulldogs that have extremely powerful jaws and great strength and tenacity and that were originally bred for dogfighting called also Pitbull Terrier. Next we have American Plan. This is a noun from 1852. A hotel plan whereby the daily rates cover the costs of the room and three meals, compared to the European plan. Ooh, I wonder what that is. Next we have American Saddlebred. S-A-D-D-L-E-B-R-E-D. No, it's not the bread that you eat. This is a noun from 1948. Any of a breed of three-gated or five-gated saddle horses developed chiefly in Kentucky from thoroughbreds and smooth-gated stock, called also American Saddle Horse. Next, we have American Shad, S-H-A-D. This is a noun from circa 1929. A shad of the Atlantic coast of North America that has a greenish back and silvery sides. I think this might be a fish. I don't know fish. I don't go fishing, so I'm not sure. But I feel like a shad might be a fish. The scientific name is Alosa sapidissima. Next, we have American shorthair. This is a noun from 1974. Any of a breed of cats with a short, thick coat of variable color and pattern that are descended from cats brought to America by European settlers. Next is American Sign Language. First letter of each is capitalized. This is a noun from 1960. A sign language for the deaf in which meaning is conveyed by a system of articulated hand gestures and their placement relative to the upper body. My sister is actually a sign language interpreter. She's been doing that for many years and is very good at it, from what I can tell. I took one sign language class uh, when I was a senior in high school. Uh, I know the alphabet, maybe a couple of words, but uh, it didn't really sink in. But I do like it. It's a very good language to learn, especially if you can't hear somebody. You know, if you're in a situation that's really loud and you still want to talk, like at a bar or a concert, why would you want to be talking at a concert? That's not really normal. But if you do you can use some sign language. Next is American Staffordshire Terrier. Staffordshire, I think is pronounced correctly. It's spelled capital S-T-A-F-F-O-R-D-S-H-I-R-E. This is a noun from 1971. 
any of a breed of strong, stocky dogs that are of similar ancestry to, but are larger and heavier than the related American Pit Bull Terrier and Staffordshire Bull Terrier. Next we have American Standard Version. First letter is capitalized in each of the three words. This is a noun from 1901, an American version of the Bible based on the revised version and published in 1901, called also American Revised Version. Next we have American Trotter, T-R-O-T-T-E-R. This is a noun from 1857, and we just have the synonym standard bread. All one word. Again, you don't eat it. It's B-R-E-D. Next is American Water Spaniel. This is a noun from 1947. Any of a breed of medium-sized spaniels of the U.S. origin that have a thick, curly chocolate or liver-colored coat. Liver-colored? You couldn't come up with a different color for that? What's liver-colored? Is it kind of green-brown? That's sort of what I imagine it to be. I don't know if I've ever seen a liver in person, but I think I've seen it cooked. Mostly brown is what I'm thinking with maybe a, a tinge of green. But seriously, there's got to be a better word than liver colored. Next, we have American Widgeon. Widgeon is spelled like pigeon with a W. W-I-G-E-O-N. This is a noun from 1788. A North American widgeon with a large white patch on each wing and in the male a white crown, called also bald pate. Bald pate? B-A-L-D-P-A-T-E, all one word. The scientific name is Anas Americana. I'm wondering if this is related to a pigeon and that's why the names are so similar. Now I want to see a picture of a widgeon. All right, we are getting away from the words that start with American, but this next one is uh, still pretty similar. This one is Americium, A-M-E-R-I-C-I-U-M. This is a noun from 1946, a radioactive metallic element produced artificially by bombarding plutonium with high-energy neutrons. And then it says to see the element table. Next we have... Amerind, capital A-M-E-R-I-N-D. This is an abbreviation for American Indian. I've never heard that abbreviation before. But we have something similar. It is Amerindian. So it's Amer, A-M-E-R, from American, and the whole word Indian. And they are combined into one word. This is a noun from circa 1898 we have the synonym American Indian. And then it says Amerind, the word we just read is a noun or an adjective, and Amerindian is also an adjective. Next we have Amislan, capital A-M-E-S-L-A-N. This is a noun from 1972. We have the synonym American Sign Language. I'll have to ask my sister if she's heard that uh, that word, that shortened version. She probably has. Next, we have Ames Test, capital A-M-E-S, next word, test, T-E-S-T. -E this is a noun from 1976, 
a test for identifying potential carcinogens by studying their mutagenic effect on bacteria. This is from Bruce N. Ames. He was born in 1928, and he was an American biochemist. Next, we have the word amethyst, A-M-E-T-H-Y-S-T. This is a noun from the 13th century, 1A, a clear purple or bluish-violet variety of crystallized quartz that is often used as a jeweler's stone. 1B, a deep purple variety of corundum, C-O-R-U-N-D-U-M. 2. A moderate purple. Amethystin is an adjective, and it is spelled A-M-E-T-H-Y-S-T-I-N-E. The etymology is pretty interesting. This is from the Greek amethystos, which literally means a remedy against drunkenness. That is made by combining A plus methine, M-E-T-H-Y-E-I-N, which means to be drunk. Uh, that is from the word methy, which means wine. And there's more at the word mead. So, what? Mead and amethyst are related uh, etymologically. Why? Why does amethyst come from remedy against drunkenness? What what happened there? Ooh, you know what I just learned about today? Somebody made an etymology dictionary website. Uh, so I'm going to have to look up this word and to see if it describes how it evolved from a remedy against drunkenness to a, a purple. What's Maybe if I knew what corundum was, that might help. Uh, but I'm not. other than that, I'm not seeing anything that relates to alcohol whatsoever. I find that really interesting. All right, next and last word for this episode is ametropia, A-M-E-T-R-O-P-I-A. This is a noun from 1875, an abnormal refractive condition as myopia, hyperopia, or astigmatism of the eye in which images fail to focus upon the retina. I said astigmatism weird because I wasn't looking at the whole word uh, and it just came out funny. I actually have astigmatism. I have a very slight case of it. Uh, so, you know, my glasses adjust for that. When I first started hearing about astigmatism, I always heard it wrong. I thought it was a thing that you have, not a condition you have. So I wanted people to say, I have an astigmatism because I thought it was a noun. It was a thing. Uh, but when I learned that it's just astigmatism, it's a condition, then you can say, I have astigmatism. Anyway, enough of that. Amotropic is an adjective. And let's look at the etymology. It says it comes from Greek amitros, which means without measure. And there's more at the word measure. All right, that's going to end this episode. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, this is Spencer reading the dictionary. Goodbye.